2: Texas Rangers win the World Series. Perloff not impressed. Hey, welcome to the show. Maggie Gray and Andrew wait, Perloff. wait, wait. It is Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. I like it when a team finally breaks through. This is the first time the Texas Rangers have won a World Series in the history of their organization. I think that's cool. You just want dynasties and yeah. only the biggest franchises and the biggest spenders to win.
3: Okay. Uh, the that, Rangers are big spender. That is an unfair allegation.
2: <laughs> okay. Did I mis- misrepresent you?
3: So I think, you know, famously, baseball ratings go to a new low every year. I think that has to do with cord cutting and lots of reasons. This one was the lowest rated series of all time. And this, I don't think it's even close. Problem was, you, you don't have any teams with any that are latching on nationwide. The Rangers come out of nowhere. And the Diamondbacks really come out of nowhere. feels like every postseason you try to predict what's going to happen and you are just grabbing at straws. And I do think that's kind of cool in a way. Anybody can win. And there's a lot of great stories with the Texas Rangers. And kudos to them. Uh, Incredible run. But I do think as a fan, you need some sort of expectation going into a postseason. Like, this is going to happen, and this is what I'm looking for. There just feels like so much randomness in baseball right now.
2: Okay, well, you did have the Astros, who have been a mainstay. You know, they've been in the ALCS, what, six straight seasons? So you do have, and they've won twice, so you do have teams who are there all the time. The Atlanta Braves are a team that's there all the time. Your Phillies have now been a team that's gotten there in the last two years, so you have teams in the mix that you're expecting to be in the mix, but I think it's cool. And I can't say the Rangers are totally out of nowhere. They have a top-10 payroll in baseball. Yeah. They've signed major, uh, major stars this offseason in terms of Seeger and Simeon, and they tried for DeGrom. They got him. He never pitched, obviously. They got Scherzer back late in the season. He ends up pitching. I mean, Nate Evaldi. They have guys who are well, well, well-known commodities in the league, And I think it's cool that they broke through, and I just can look at it for what this season was, which is a franchise that, you know, at one point had Nolan Ryan, at one point went to two straight World Series, had one of the most painful losses maybe in the entire history of the World Series in 2011 losing to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now they finally break through. I think it's awesome.
3: Okay, are you going to watch an out-of-market Rangers game next year? (laughs)
2: Maybe now I will. But
3: you understand what I'm saying. And it's nothing against Rangers. There is this feeling in baseball anything can happen in the postseason. And that could be a great thing. I don't necessarily think it is a great thing. I think fans are having trouble getting the narratives down. Because... You, you say all those things. They signed all those people. What did they have to do with anything? It was... <laughs> well,
2: Nate Aldi won was five Seager. games in the postseason. Seager yeah, is it's incredible. It's right, right, but Zidane you mentioned DeGrom
3: and Scherzer are the two biggest names and really had nothing to do with it.
2: Well, Scherzer ended up with a couple big starts. Obviously got hurt in his last start, but yeah. pitched three innings for them. Yeah, I mean, I can just sort of take it for what it is. And it gives hope, I think, to franchises. Like, yes, it's awesome to root for the Dodgers and root for the Yankees. And that's really fun and great. And I'm sure it's really fun to be a fan of those teams. But when you get rewarded as a fan for hanging on, staying with it, going through all the ups and downs, like, isn't that kind of one of the things we have left in this world? Like thinking that honestly, everyone has a shot.
3: Okay. Then why do people seem to be not that interested in this style of baseball? Well, big, big picture.
2: I think you're right. People do. I don't know if it's people like dynasties. I think people like rivalries. And right now they're like history. The Rangers and the Diamondbacks don't have yeah. a lot of shared history, okay? So, yes, I get that. You know, if you want to go to a different sport, the Raptors and the Warriors didn't have, like, a lot of shared history. But you have these sort of one-off champions.
3: But you had a dynasty in that one. so That's l-
2: true, the Warriors.
3: I'm becoming I'm so negative here. Obviously, this sounds terrible. But I just think, and I'm looking, there's a stat on TV, the fact that they had a losing record on the road in the playoffs. Then they go 11-0 and in the playoffs. That's Amazing. interesting. Amazing, but this is happening year in and year. Basically, you're watching a sport that nothing in the regular season means anything. It doesn't mean the slightest thing. And you get into base in the postseason, and it's anyone's guess. Any kind of analysis, I think you could pick apart any kind of analysis on what happened here in this playoffs. Because there's no rhyme or reason. Just the right team gets hot at the right moment, which is exciting in a, in a way, but it's also a little difficult as a fan, I think, to consume. You know... I was watching last night, and I had no idea what was going to happen. It was basically the Diamondbacks guy, Zach Gallin, Philly guy, yeah. South Jersey, pitching a no-hitter. <laughs> I I'm like, this no-hitter. is, this is a narrative a- of the game. <laughs> and then I'm watching it, and the, the Diamondbacks are, aren't getting home. They're leaving guys. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are the Rangers going to do it tonight despite this brilliant performance? It's just, it was a very strange series.
2: The idea of going from a no-hitter <laughs> to losing the World Series has got to be one of the biggest mind bleeps yeah. ever. You you are just cruising. And that was honestly one of the big things for Tori Lavulo, who is the manager of the Diamondbacks, whose name I can never pronounce and bogish makes fun of me constantly, is that what do you do when a guy's got a no-hitter going in the World Series? You obviously have to leave him in, which they did. But every metric and analytic will tell you, don't see the order the third time through. Yeah. And he did, and they started stringing together some hits.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It was definitely stringing together very kind of weak hits. They, You knew when the Diamondbacks, you can't leave that many runners on base and still win the game. I'm not sure what inning was it. You could, you could feel it turning. Seventh inning. When they went one nothing, yeah. one nothing was enough. Uh, congratulations again to the Rangers. Great story, Bruce Bochy. There's there's a lot of movie worthy story. Bruce Bochy's career is incredible. Dolores Garcia's story is incredible. Even though he wasn't there last night, it is a great story. But I just as a as a very general baseball fan, I had trouble latching onto this World Series. I'm going to admit it.
2: I think that uh, maybe this is something It's a little selfish, right? It's a little close to my heart about teams winning for the first time. How so? Well, I root for a team that has never won a Super okay. Bowl. And I'm hoping at some point they're going to break through. And this happened with the Chicago Cubs. and it happened with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And when it happened to your Phillies won the Super Bowl. And, or excuse me, your Eagles won the Super Bowl. What am I talking about? And when this happens and these teams finally win, it's like, all right, this is a reason to stick with it despite all of the heartache. I mean, listen, you might say like all oh, the Texas Rangers or the fans, you know, they're more interested in football or a Friday night high school football game than they are in their baseball team. But like that was painful a decade ago. Yeah. And to come back now and see it through, I think it's just fantastic for them. Gives me hope.
3: So you're the saying game. the Rangers beating the Diamondbacks gives you even one percent chance of the Bills winning the Super Bowl? Even more? I would yeah, say exactly. you, I'd say your math is hundred <laughs> percent off. I think it has zero percent. I think a butterfly flaps his wings in Bolivia <laughs> yeah. has more of an impact on the Bills winning a Super Bowl Listen, than the Rangers <laughs> winning a Super I'm Bowl. I'm just
2: saying it's like you know it, it gives you a little inspiration.
3: Oh my gosh! This the, is
2: you know they have girl math. That's what you're and looking boy for. Boy math. <laughs> now we have sports fan math. This is my sports fan math that if another team, we cross another team off the list who breaks through, that just means my team moves up one order, one spot in the pecking order, one spot closer.
3: Do you think they're celebrating in bars in Western New York now? Like, the Rangers <laughs> no. did it. Now my Bills can this do is it.
2: My own, This is my own psychological yeah, that- mind game.
3: Oh, man, I feel bad. You are a desperate Bills fan. You're reaching for straws here. And you know
2: what? The Rangers were a desperate fan base until last night. They get to celebrate. And, yes, Bruce Bochy was a phenomenal hire, obviously. He comes out of retirement. First season out of retirement. What does he do? Rips off another World Series. That makes four for him, obviously. He was with those really, really exciting Giants teams who kept winning every other year.
3: Oh, they were so not exciting, by the way. That was the one of the most boring World Series champion of all time because they beat my Phillies every year with a bunch of no-names. Whatever. I'm, I'm very mad at baseball. You obviously know what's going on here. This is my fandom coming out. Yeah. The second yeah. the Phillies Exulting. lost to the cheating Diamondbacks, I don't even know what they cheated with. No, but, they didn't cheat. <laughs> the I think, second I think they, they, they lost to those, those dirty snakes, uh, the World Series. I'm still mad the Phillies aren't there. That, now, Phillies-Rangers, that would have been interesting. And I say that as a Phillies fan.
2: Yeah, why?
3: What's the the shared history
2: between Philadelphia and Texas? (laughs) At least you
3: got Bryce Harper. I mean, come on. The Diamondbacks, the the Magic Carpet ride ended a little too early. At least give us a few more games here.
2: I don't know. What do you guys... Do you guys need need rivalries and dynasties, or do you like the one-off winners? Now, I'm not saying that the Rangers will be one-off, but, you know, sort of... Kind of random. Kind of random, I guess. I mean, listen, they did spend a lot of money this offseason, and the Rangers do spend a lot of money through their history. But, like, I kind of like the fact when a team breaks through.
4: It's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because baseball expanded the playoffs so we can get more teams involved, more markets involved. And, look, I think that for a lot of places, it actually makes the regular season more exciting. Does it make it easier to follow on a national level? Maybe not, but I think inside these markets – these, these people were invested in their team's runs. The problem comes when you get to the postseason and you have teams that a lot of people on the national scale aren't following, like the Arizona Diamondbacks, then it becomes, okay, well, are those other markets going to then wrap their Jump arms on. around yep. this bandwagon for the World Series? And that, I think, is a is a is the damned if you damned if you don't. The problem before was you only had one or... You had two teams in the playoffs for, I don't know, 60, 70 years, and then you expanded to just four in these conference. That is... that's excluding a lot of different people, a lot of different markets. So it's like, you can't really win either way. And they also,
2: they wanted more buyers at the trade deadline. I think they didn't want teams totally, you know, going in the tank at the trade deadline, which some teams still do because they wanted more teams in it for longer.
3: I think that there's a disconnect. You can win 106 games and it doesn't seem to mean as much anymore. I, there, there are some. The Red Sox the other year won 108 games and won the whole thing. I just think that's a very confusing experience for a fan. Oh, listen, I don't tell know if the it's always, Seattle Mariner you know, fans. It's that. it's a Billy Bean thing. He always said, "I can build you a playoff team in Oakland Moneyball style," but once you get into the playoffs, it's a crapshoot. So it's not new that it's been like this. Yeah, it just I. I'm I'm such a Debbie Downer right now to say this because the Rangers, that was a great team, great celebration. I'm happy for the 11 fans in Texas. Oh,
4: come on. Did you see that, yeah. you see that stadium for games one and two? It the, was, you know, the watch sta- pa- I couldn't believe it. in the room only.
3: I could not believe that they actually had a watch party going but Milwaukee Bucks style. It's, yeah, that, you know.
4: it's the markets. The markets, once they're invested, once they're in it, those places, they wrap their arms around these teams.
2: But The, the other part, too, which is I think there's been a backlash to, like, buying teams and super teams. I mean, this goes back to the Yankees. Like, everyone hated those Yankees teams. I think people criticized the Dodgers for just being in the pocketbook. And this year, it was all the big spending teams, except for your Phillies, were the number one spending team. But, like, the Mets fell on their face. The Padres fell on their faces. You know, the Dodgers get swept in the playoffs. Like, the big, big spending teams, it was almost like a point and laugh. Like, a ha-ha, look, you spent all this money, and you aren't going to be in the World Series. But the Rangers did spend a lot of money. They did go after massive free agents, and now they're sitting here as champions. I, I wonder if this signals to those owners who really want to spend, hey, I can still buy this thing. I don't have to do the money ball situation. I can still buy this, and if I just throw a lot of money at guys, yeah. I'm going to be there.
3: Yeah, I would tell any owner who thinks that they learned anything from this postseason to just forget it. There's no rhyme or reason. I don't think there's lessons that you can glean from the way they built this team, is there? I mean, they some went of these, out and spend. They went out and spent. Seeger, yeah.
2: Semian. I mean, again, I know Degrom didn't pitch, but bringing back Scherzer, they did spend a lot of money. He
3: signed Tavaldi,
4: who of Evaldi. course was the winning pitcher.
3: In so the yeah, wrestling. and Jordan Montgomery got hot. You, you basically hope to get lucky with a pitcher or two. That's that. To me, that's a lesson. It's nothing. It's nothing about spending because a lot of teams bought pitchers and it didn't work, right? And then you have the Dimebacks, on the other hand. What was their strategy?
2: It's been grow. You know, they've got a good – I don't know what their strategy was. I think their
3: strategy think they was fixed, like – I they fixed the bullpen at the I mean, trade. They're young. I mean,
4: they're a really young team. They've really developed through the minor league system. They've had a lot of players who, in the major league systems, have kind of taken years yeah. to kind of come into their own, and now they're here, and they're, they're played, they played great during this postseason. This was really kind of, in some ways, a clash of two styles in right. terms of how to build a team. I think the Rangers were in a position, position where they had a lot of guys who they made trades for, guys they developed, but they needed to expedite the growth because they were not going to get on a World Series level yeah. with the team they had. So they signed Simeon, and they signed Seeger yeah. in hopes of saying, okay, maybe we can speed this thing up, and now here they are, World
3: Series But do you really believe that has any indication for what's going to happen in next season? I think it does. I think, that, I think you're wrong.
4: I think teams—I think if you think that you're going to be able to just outpitch people in the playoffs and win— three series in a row, you're crazy. Like, you have to get get power. I know, but, like, the game, everybody's all about launch angles. Everybody's all about, you know, making sure you hit the ball out of the ballpark. And I know last night the Rangers struggled for most of this game, but they bludgeoned Arizona for most of this series. They bludgeoned Houston for most of this series. The best teams in baseball, the teams that are winning championships, are the teams that can hit the long ball.
2: Which is so funny though, because that was always the Yankees' formula. It hasn't worked for them so far. Was to bludgeon and to try to hit home runs. Philadelphia, same thing. Yeah, try to bludgeon, hit home runs, and they're not there. I still think it does come down to pitching. Um, it it always like it just always will. And I I understand. Yes, you want power. You're going to need power, but. I think that's the part of this well, that's a little more the one-off.
3: I find it confusing, too, because the Braves were an all-time power team and it didn't work in this playoff. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah, but they, I'm ran, just saying, they
4: ran into power,
3: though. <laughs> they I, ran into But the not team. like their power. I mean, their no, power know, was but, all-time.
4: But it, it, how Harper and Schwarber were hitting home runs every game.
3: I just think that there's, uh, again, I think this idea of a formula to win in baseball is— just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, EJ. I understand are Of course you want power, but Maggie's right, too. You want pitching. And the Diamondbacks were about fixing their bullpen at, at uh, in the trade deadline— I, I think there's no one way to do it.
2: Uh in the chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio, where Paul Cormican says greetings from Northern Ireland. Well done, Texas Rangers. <laughs> in Northern Ireland they're celebrating the Rangers he more watched. than Perloff. What's that? He watched. He watched Middle of <laughs> the night. Uh eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven Do you like when a team Finally breaks through, or do you like two dynasties, titans, heavyweights battling rivalry, that kind of thing? What makes a better viewing experience?
3: You know, it it might be the story. Yeah. In all of it. it good it, point. It, it could be a dynasty that has a good story. It could be a because some dynasties, as as Andrew said, like uh, I would I would consider the giants of the of the late uh, 2010s, uh, the early 2010s. A somewhat dynasty. of a dynasty. Yeah,
2: they did win back to back, but three and five years. Right,
3: right. But it, it was somewhat boring to some. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's like the Red Sox were a story, and 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 they they rolled off that 2004 and 2007. It depends upon what the story is coming into the into the World Series. I think. Yeah,
2: because but- people did get behind. I mean, that Cubs and Indians.
3: Well, that was history. World Series
2: was history. Yeah. yeah, and that was every. You didn't have to be anywhere near Cleveland or Chicago to get into that
3: series. Well, I, everyone knew the Cubs had been over a hundred years and the Indians yeah. obviously had a lot at stake too. So that I think those are those are one offs too. That kind of history is not gonna happen every year. I, I'm just curious how we're going to look back at this World Series 10 years from now. I wonder if there's going to be a pattern and the Rangers are going to go on a run or is it going to be like, wow, do you remember when the Rangers and the Diamondbacks played <laughs> in the World that. Series?
2: Remember that World I Series? I mean, maybe
3: both teams could be back next year. They're obviously outstanding, but it does feel... I'm just saying baseball it feels like, you know, when there's those balls in the lottery that are bouncing around yeah. in the To me, the playoffs feel exactly like that, which is a little bit frustrating, and it's kind of cool in a way, too.
2: Yeah, I kind of like that as opposed to the years that we had, you know, we knew the Cavs and the Warriors were going to play in the finals from the moment that the season tipped off, and it was no mystery whatsoever.
3: The season was boring, but then everybody had to watch that finals. Yeah, I guess I'm a dynasty guy. I think I'm, I'm learning this conversation. I need dynasties.
2: 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, so, again, congrats to the Texas Rangers. We actually got some uh, a fun package in the mail relating to the Texas Rangers. So we'll tell you about that in just a moment. One of our fans of the show sending us some merch, so we appreciate that. Coming up, late-night phone call with the Big Ooh. Ten college football coaches.
3: Okay, when you say late-night phone call, yeah. you immediately got my interest. Then you immediately <laughs> got to be going yeah. in a different direction. Okay.
2: No, this was not the sexy variety. Yeah. This was the... Not, not
3: a Mel talker situation. No, <laughs> thankfully. This is, okay, this is not a booty call. This is an actual <laughs> no. football call. This was call. not you
2: up. This was uh, you okay. <laughs> and you ticked off.
3: Because I would not want to randomly call PJ Fleck in the middle of the night. I don't know that <laughs> yeah. intensity at 2 a.m.
2: No, you never know what you're going to get there. Uh, what was said on this Big Ten football coaches call that has to do with the Michigan scandal? Uh, we get to that and your phone calls at 855 212 cbs Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio.
3: Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free. Battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. I have a theory, Maggie, that right now in Ann Arbor, Jim Harbaugh is sitting there and it's completely still and silent and he can't hear a thing because he is sitting smack dab in the middle of a hurricane. (laughs) and (laughs) You know how scandals are. And when the winds start blowing in a scandal, we are in the heat of the Michigan sign ceiling scandal. And this one just gets bigger and bigger every day.
2: Yeah. And the fact that it has given us new twists and turns every single day, we thought we should start
0: a daily segment where we check in,
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Don at Michigan.
5: I got a one track mind. I'm not going to be speculating and let others speculate that. It's time for maze and clue.
2: The latest installment in the James Bond series is called Maze and Clue.
5: Think people
3: are going to understand this?
2: No. (laughs) We
3: do. (laughs) Eventually they'll get it if we keep hammering this home.
2: Yes. Maze and Blue. We're looking for clues. Yes. Okay.
3: You could easily call it Maze and No Clue. Ah. (laughs) Ah.
2: We're still tweaking this thing because this scandal is not going anywhere. The latest comes from last night. So this is what we have to update you on. There was a call between the Big Ten coaches last night, the football coaches. Okay. Not shockingly, they were pissed off. I mean, they were ticked. So apparently 90 minutes was the call. 30 minutes, Jim Harbaugh was on the call, and they were talking about, like, league news, me taking care of new business. (laughs) And then they asked Jim Harbaugh to hang up, and the next 60 minutes was the rest of the coaches just complaining to the Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, about how Michigan needs to be punished right now. Mm. According to ESPN, and Pete Thamel spoke to five different coaches who were in the room. They want the Big Ten to act right now. The quote was, what are we waiting on? We know what happened, which I don't know if I would totally understand that. They laid out the competitive advantage that Harbaugh was getting from this sign-stealing scandal, all these allegations. They called his record tainted, fraudulent. They said this is unprecedented. Mm. And, again, much of the call sort of laying out how how this impacted teams. Like, they're saying if you know the difference, whether it's run or pass, that is everything in college football. And so the coaches are salty.
3: I'd be a little embarrassed, too, if I was these coaches that I wasn't changing up my signals enough. Because regardless of whether he was doing it legally or illegally, all teams, I'm finding out, try and decipher the other team's signs. We watch on TV. We see people hold up the boards with the signs. We see the coach. So I would think that some of this is going on. If you're a Big Ten coach, you look a little weak here that you never change your signs, especially everyone apparently knew that Michigan was doing this. So I don't totally understand that aspect of it. Couldn't they have said, well, now they're saying that Michigan was stealing the signs they didn't know?
2: Okay, I think that that's basically kind of like blaming the victim, though, isn't it?
3: It's like <laughs> you're, you're, victim blaming in college football?
2: Yeah, you're, you're blaming the victim here where you're telling the coaches, you should have known, you should have done better. It's like, or Michigan shouldn't have broken the rules, which they clearly did. Wait,
3: we're talking about college football. I mean, you're not going to even have a sport if you're not going to have someone breaking the rules.
2: Yeah. I know. It's funny that when I saw that he broke the sportsmanship clause, I was like, that's hilarious. But, but I think at some point you have to Mm -hmm. recognize two things. One, the coaches are ticked off. Like, you might not have coaches who are coming out on the record and blasting Jim Harbaugh, but you also don't have rec- coaches who are coming out on the record and defending him either, which I think speaks volumes. You do have mm-hmm. a new coaches poll, a new poll rather, that came out from The Athletic where Bruce Feldman, uh, who's been a longtime college football reporter, basically polled like 50 different yep. uh, coaches and all different levels and 94% of the coaches believe that these were severe, like this cheating was severe. And they also believe that Jim Harbaugh should be punished.
3: Okay. I'm sorry. I, I don't really care what the anonymous coaches say. Say it on the record. If you care so much, I mean, why is it that hard to say on the record?
2: Well, first of all, I think there is like this coaching kind of fraternity. Number one, like it was shocking when Sean Payton called out Nathaniel Hackett, where like the coaches just generally don't do that against each other. And I think there's part of it where you may not be totally innocent, yeah. But you, but you can still think that Jim Harbaugh crossed a line. Yeah, I mean, he was so sure. it's like I don't want to call him out because maybe my program has a couple skeletons in the closet. But you could think they're not nearly as bad as what Harbaugh's do.
3: Right. It's like baseball where the Houston Astros were banging the garbage can was so embarrassing. It, to be caught on Twitter banging a garbage can was so brazen and over the top, where everybody was sign-stealing, I assume. I'm assuming. And other teams were caught. But if you at least do it with an Apple Watch, you're being subtle about it. <laughs> I think the, the garbage can is what Jim Harbaugh's doing. He's just going over the top, having Connor Stallions in the other stadiums, maybe in disguise, maybe not in disguise.
2: The disguise is... But oh
3: I, I am so... I'm more confident than ever. Nothing is going to happen here. And you know, what's going to happen I mean,
2: ever. Nothing ever.
3: No, nothing this year. Okay. So the coaches, obviously if the big 10 is going to act like the coaches say they should, that means keep Michigan out of the big 10 title game and maybe submarine their chances to be the final four. I don't think that's going to happen for a couple reasons. The big 10 is a business. They want Michigan in that big 10 title game in a huge way. Secondly, I, I think that the, everybody in college football moves too slowly. The NCAA, who's now involved, is completely toothless. The legal system has gutted that organization, so they're not going to do anything. If the Big Ten has too much money. The NCAA can't do anything. What's going to happen? The college coaches are going to anonymously whine to Bruce Feldman, and no one's going to care. I think Michigan, if they beat Penn State, the other thing is they obviously are not sign sealing from here on out because the other team knows the change of signs. So they can prove, hey, we're really a good team, and this can... Not go away, but I think the storm dies down a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean a lot's riding on Michigan now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these
3: games are huge. Not only
2: do they have to win, they have to win big. I think. Um, I mean, maybe Ohio State—that's such a big rivalry game. Maybe Penn State, but I think you got to win pretty big here to kind of show, hey, we actually are this really dominant team. Now well, that might happen against Purdue. I don't know.
3: Well, Purdue, yes. I mean, that. Yeah. I don't think that I actually. Is good, is I think awesome. they have to. I think they have to beat Penn State. And they're only two and a half point favorites against Penn State in Penn State. It's hard to play there. Yep. If they win that game, I think they put a lot of this to the side. I know that's so silly. Okay. It really shouldn't depend on the results, but you know how it is.
2: Here's the other part. Like you could, Listen, the Big Ten is caught in a really tough position because you are set up right now for Michigan potentially win the national title. So yes, are you going to now start imposing sanctions on the team? Now I think they could do something to Harbaugh. The the coaches want a pound of flesh here, and I know that it's probably good for the commissioner to let everybody complain and kind of get it off their chest. And it's probably been you know built up and built up. But while they might not uh, punish Michigan this year. You could take Jim Harbaugh off the sidelines for a couple days. Apparently, the commissioner has wide latitude under this uh, sportsmanship clause, which again, lol, sportsmanship college football. But I wonder if they have to give these coaches some kind of pound of flesh, and do they take Jim Harbaugh off the sidelines for a game that's not against Northwest, East, South State? You know, so not against the uh, a lesser opponent.
3: Following the pattern of how they've penalized Jim Harbaugh this year. I think they should take him off the sideline for Purdue, put him back for the Penn State game, take him off for the Maryland <laughs> game, and put him, put him back, back for right. the Ohio State game.
2: It's got you got to go with laser precision. Even gear.
3: that, I don't think they can... Re- I don't think Jim Harbaugh on the sideline necessarily determines who wins or loses, but I don't think they want to risk messing up their golden goose in Michigan here. There's a lot of money involved in this. I, I know, but this is a just way to... There's so s- much risk. They could just say, we need time to, to go through all the facts. I think that they take that path, and they probably do, by the way. It's not that easy. Even we're like, wait, what? What just happened with Connor Stallions? Do you think they have any any clue that the depth of this sign-stealing scandal? So I think they're going to argue we need time to suss through this, get through this season, then lay down the hammer when Jim Harbaugh is the offensive coordinator and wherever.
2: Yeah, when he's already gone and left. Although now there's new reporting about that in the NFL – this is now two different reporters who have it. You had Ian Rappaport, who works for the NFL, so you know where that's coming from. And then you now have Charles Robinson from Yahoo, who's also laying out there uh, that Jim Harbaugh, if he does decide to leave Michigan this year and go to the NFL, he could still be subject to suspension Yeah, when he's at the pro level.
3: So if the Raiders wanted Jim Harbaugh, they would live with four games without Jim Harbaugh anyway. So it's not the end of the story there. Yeah, I, I think this is the best path for everybody involved here is just to wait. Not not necessarily the fair path. I understand the coaches are mad, but if you're the Big Ten to make a radical move, and what if you're wrong too? What if you find out that oh everybody's been doing this or Connor Stallions really Jim Harbaugh? You, don't, you we still don't have the direct link with Jim Harbaugh and Connor Stallions, so and maybe that doesn't matter at all. But maybe there's a much more direct link than we even know. Maybe Jim Harbaugh is actually on Expedia buying tickets for Conor <laughs> I just think you could argue you need more time. He's
2: like, do you want to stay at the Courtyard Marriott or would you yeah. like to stay at the Seaside Hill? Connor's <laughs>
3: definitely got Marriott <laughs> points, so I think that he's definitely uh, going to the Fairfield Inn and making sure. Yeah, Connor Stallion. He's,
2: he's getting the hot breakfast.
3: Yeah, we've all been, anybody who's been a... a Traveler like Connor Stallings You know you need a system here like, There's one thing to steal signs There's another to get airline points
2: S- Chilling at the Delta Club In a oh, Central Michigan you shirt me? And sw- a and pair of uh, sunglasses
3: I actually never ever I've been in a Delta Club once or twice What is going on I assume that there's this very fancy nuts In all these <laughs> lounges like, I think that's like, a distinction Between the regular airport And the Delta Club Like
2: nutty people?
3: No I think you have like Like the like cashews uh, yeah, no, those fancy almonds. What uh, are those called? The m- Jordan almonds. Jordan almonds. Uh, there, there's another uh, macadamia nuts. You might Big have some nut macadamia guy. nuts. I mean, that's what makes a, uh, uh airport lounge the, the best. The fact
2: that, I got to be honest, in a post-COVID world, to be sticking your hand in a communal bowl of anything, <laughs> to me, that went out the window with COVID. It
3: could I think, be me. I think you get your own jar in these delta lounges i think you sit down and they you take your shoes yes. off someone rubs your feet yeah. you get a bowl of macadamia nuts that is right out of the can yes, And
2: someone's fanning you with like a big leaf yes the, you know what happens at the end of the day when all the travelers from all different corners of the world have had their own individual bowls of these macadamia nuts you know what they do at the end they take all of the bowls and what's left over and they pour it back into the big bowl and then they just reserve it again guys has anyone ever worked in the food service industry
3: Oh, Please. that is very disappointing.
5: But germs don't last that long, Maggie. They'll slowly die off overnight while they're back together. <laughs> so when they re-serve you in the morning, the next person, they're all, back to being clean. All
2: good. Yes. Oh, Thank goodness. Great. You're science. here for the science. Yes. You're welcome. Science. Dr. Wait. Fauci you <laughs> bogus is here. He's got headlines. Good morning, Bogers. Uh,
5: Good morning. So we jinxed the Phillies, but our powers weren't strong enough to keep Max Scherzer from winning a world title with the Rangers. At least he was only a spectator last night as Texas closed out the first title in franchise history in game five in Arizona. They won five nothing after being held
0: hitless and scoreless for six. Gallon into his motion. Here's the pitch. Swing and a ball hit on the left side. Nobody there. It rolls out into left field, an opposite field single for Corey Seager to break up the no-hit bid by Zach Gallum.
5: Evan Carter then doubled, and Mitch Garver did this. Leo One. Garver swings, hits it up the middle.
0: Base knock into center. Seager scores. Carter being held at third as Thomas fires it back into the infield. RBI single for Mitch Garver, and the Rangers score first here in the seventh and lead it one to nothing.
5: The calls from Rangers radio. Texas then tacked on four in the ninth, including a two-run homer from Marcus Simeon.
4: We pitched well enough to win one nothing, but to put up those runs in the eighth inning, it it kind of calms you down a little bit out here. You know, one one nothing game on the road is tough. You know, so we put up four, and to be a part of that four-run inning was huge.
5: He meant the ninth inning, I swear. Nathan Uvaldi, <laughs> Araldis Chapman, Josh Spores did the pitching. Corey Seager's World Series MVP. For the second time in his career to call him complicated, it's an understatement. Bob Knight passing away yesterday at 83, putting all the bad and controversial aside for a moment. Knight won a national title as a player. Then three as Indiana's coach. At one point he had the most wins in men's D1 history and he led the U.S. to the 84 Olympic gold medal. We've got Will Levis and Kenny Pickett under center on the Amazon app tonight. The Titans officially ruling out Ryan Tannehill again because of his high ankle sprain. So Levis gets his second start after tossing four scores on Sunday. Pickett not even on the Steeler injury report after last weekend's early exit with a rib injury. And the Falcons will start Taylor Heineke at QB Sunday against the Vikings. Head coach Arthur Smith saying this is only for this week for now. Klay Thompson just 14 points last night, but that was plenty for the Warriors against the Kings. Curry at midcourt. They're going to trap him. Feeds over to Draymond. Draymond looks, looks, finds Thompson with three, with two, with one. The jumper's up. Good! Point two to go! Klay Thompson with the bucket! Sacramento calls time! Tim Roy, Warriors Radio, the game winner with two tenths left, 102, 101, the final for the Dubs over the Kings.
2: Last dance vibes, guys. Mm -hmm. Clay Thompson hasn't had a game winner inside of 30 seconds left in like at least five years.
3: Game five of the NBA season, and you're calling it the last dance already? Okay.
2: It's got that vibe.
5: Just let it, just feel it. Let it wash over you.
3: Okay, U.S. That is the biggest one-man team in the entire NBA. The second, Steph Curry walks off that court. That is Scrub City, USA.
5: Except who hit the game winner last night? Not Collect, Steph Curry. I, yeah, and how many points did he score? Fourteen. I just, Steph had twenty-one. Balanced effort last night. Scrub City, you, USA.
2: How many Hall I mean, of Famers are going on that team? You right
5: saw now? the playoffs last year
3: when Curry came out of the game. It was a, diz- a
5: continual disaster for the Warriors. That's oh. what I worry about with them. Okay. But, I mean, if Jokic is out of the game, how good are the Nuggets? If Giannis isn't out there, how good are the Well, now they've got a little, it helps. But, what? So of course, Steph Curry's I would best say the best player. I'd say the Nuggets team around
3: Jokic is 10 times better than the Warriors team around Steph Curry.
5: 10 that zoned? sounds crazy to
3: me. Uh, look at the team around Steph Curry. That's young and There's unproven. Three All Stars.
2: Wait, but they got Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins, Klay Thompson, Clay Thompson and Draymond, and Draymond Green. All
3: stars. Well, Wiggins was hurt last year, but okay. But Draymond Green. Well, Wiggins just
2: won a title and came up big against. You take
3: Draymond offense. Green away from Steph Curry, and you have P.J. Like, Tucker. Chris Paul. Okay. Well, good thing he's yeah, on Chris, Steph Curry's oh, team. Oh, Chris Paul. Okay. Let's talk about Chris so, like, Paul. Talent. Yes, talent. Fifteen years ago, is it two thousand twelve? What really? What are you talking? He's averaging eight assists this season. Oh, that team. You don't think that team is living? Okay, we'll see the plus minus in the playoffs when Curry's on and off the court.
2: Well, of course, but that's because Steph Curry is an all-time player.
3: But I think more so than a lot of these other players, I think that he they are so dependent on him. to They need him to take them to the next level. When he's off the court, I think it's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Because who this, scares you? Chris Paul? Denver
4: super team, though? That's what I'm confused by. You said 10 times better than the Nuggets. They're, you got for, Jamal Murray. Yes. Never been an all-star. Aaron Gordon. Never been an all-star. Michael
5: Porter. I mean, Murray's a stud. Murray's the the best, the better second player. He's my favorite
4: player in the NBA besides Steph Curry, so I'm not here to bash him. But, like, I'm saying the 10 times better than the Nuggets or better than the Warriors. you You
3: saw that series last year.
2: I know, but I think, yes, those guys came up really big in that series, but wasn't it also because Jokic, and we realized, even people who are late to the Jokic thing, realize how much better and how much easier it is to play when you have a guy like Jokic on your team.
3: I don't know. I I think the team is thin around the Warriors, and I think they're short. That's the other problem. That you telling me they can compete with those. Big players on Denver. You no, just no, mentioned no, no, no.
5: Again, you just we're arguing now that that, that the Nuggets supporting cast is ten times the Warriors. First of all, don't we even talk warriors to be, are just go win a title to,
3: or a just series. Go straight to the DraftKings app and put that future on the Warriors. You guys think they're so last I, I, I think Jokic is the best player in the world. We had that discussion
4: earlier this week. So yeah, I, I I'm all in on the Nuggets. I'm just saying this is a team playing Christian Brown and Naji twenty minutes a night. You're telling me the Warriors. They're 10 times better than the Warriors around Jokic.
3: I'm just saying, look at the Warriors. There's kind of a journeyman vibe to once you get past Steph. They
4: have Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, Chris Paul. talking about? Chris is 38
3: years old. No, I know, but he's a Hall of Famer. How Chris. many teams has he played on the last four years? That's journeying. Right, but he's a Hall of Famer. Well, he's a he well, thing the couple years ago.
2: Ring chasing is different than journeying. But journeying kind of implies that you don't have any say in where you're going. Right. You're P.J.
3: Tucker on. is a journeyman. Well, I think right. at this point, Chris Paul has... Kind of little value. But anyway, and also there's a bunch of 19 to 20 year olds that they're trying to break in and find that extra guy it's a
5: process Nuggets there.
4: are playing Peyton, Peyton Watson.
5: <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't understand this. Folks, what else we got? Uh, I've got LeBron. He scored 35 points. The Lakers outlasted the Kings 130, or the Clippers, rather, 130-125, an overtime ending in 11-game losing streak in their head-to-head. The Grizzlies are 0-5 for the first time since 02, after a 133-109 loss in Utah. The Heat 1-4, their worst five-game start since 06. They blew a 15-point lead, lost at home to the Nets 109-105. The Bucks just two and two after falling in Toronto 130 111 And Jokic and those star-studded Nuggets losing for the first time this year 110-89 in Minnesota. How about some hockey drama this morning? The Ottawa Senators fired GM Pierre Dorian yesterday after the NHL docked them a future first round pick for some professional negligence. Uh, back in July of 2021, Dorian traded of getting Dodonov to Vegas without informing the Golden Knights that Dodonov had a 10-team no-trade clause. So, in March of 22, when Vegas dealt him to Anaheim, the trade was eventually called off because the Ducks were on that list the Golden Knights didn't know about. And the Columbus crew... Took the opener of their. Uh, how Wait, they where's out the out?
2: where's the agent in all of this? How like, are they figuring that out now? Yeah. No, no, no.
5: They no, no. Not this is the end of an investigation. They've oh. known about it because the trade oh. was called off because they knew about it. Gotcha. It just went this long before oh, a conclusion. Wow.
2: Wait, yeah. did they not read the whole contract or something?
5: I don't know the specifics of how how those things work. Yeah. But his agent knew about it's gotta it. It's got
2: to be explicitly written down, right. If you have a no trade. So, right?
5: so I I would think so. It's got to be paperwork. Dodonov knew about it because he's like, You can't trade me to Anaheim. I can't go here. And Vegas went, What are you talking about? So, I mean, there is a fault in Vegas for not reading, I guess, every single <laughs> that- page, but this is falling heavily on Ottawa because they didn't say anything about it. And I guess it's up to it's their responsibility yeah, buyer to beware. inform you or maybe they didn't fire so. the paperwork correctly.
2: Uh, well, if you didn't fire the paperwork correctly, but buyer beware. I mean, you got to know what's going on. It's like Bradley Beale, that no trade clause that he had from D.C., that travels with him to Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
5: Right. So, I mean, I, I, if I'm missing the hugest smoking gun, I I apologize, but this has been a thing for, however, what was it, That's 18 wild. months now? Weird. And it's been on Ottawa for doing something shady that Vegas didn't know what they were getting in this yeah. trade. All right, back to you guys.
2: Don't hear that one every day. Uh, okay, coming up, we want to hear from you. Should Jim Harbaugh be, fi- be uh, punished, not fired, be punished this season? Right now. Sit him down for a game. Sit them down for two. Should the Big Ten take action? 855-212-4CBS. Also coming up, we hear from the new head coach in Las Vegas. Get to that. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. A lot going on today. Uh, it's been a busy time of year. Got the Rangers winning the World Series last night. And I I thought this was fun. So we got a package in the mail yesterday from Daniel in Virginia nice sent a hat presumably Pearl, I think this is for you because you're really the hat wearer around here got a snap back for you and
3: <laughs> I can't put this te- on now, can I?
2: You absolutely must. I think you should wear this for the rest of the show. Just break it in.
3: Well, and- you know I love bandwagons, but my Phillies just lost in the last round. I can't all of a sudden jump on Texas.
2: I've seen you no. do worse. Right, you <laughs> I've seen should you do worse. jump on Texas. There you go. Perloff is wearing oh, the hat. This
3: feels good. And
2: this is Daniel in Virginia who said, "Don't believe the Houston lies. They belong in the trash. If Houston still had trash cans, sign oh. the." homegrown Daniel in Virginia. And Daniel had called us last week to talk about how his love for the Rangers and the fact that they were homegrown. Now we kind of went through the roster and maybe not as,
3: well,
2: homegrown as, as, uh, you might think, but I get his point.
3: I loved his definition of homegrown. It's like, well, he's only been here three years, even though (laughs) that was, that was one of the great calls because there was a certain logic. He actually convinced me that these guys who started elsewhere were homegrown There, I think, uh, I'm glad we played
2: minor league baseball somewhere else. I'm like, well, that's kind of the definition of homegrown, but I got to say that Rangers hat looks awesome. Now I wish I'd kept it for myself. You look great.
3: Uh, you know, I, I'm a winner. I wear Rangers hats. (laughs) I've been backing this team all of the last three days.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I think you called them your Diamondbacks yesterday. So. I did.
3: I think my logic was spot on. I wanted the Diamondbacks to win the World Series because that would make me feel better about them beating the Phillies. So the Phillies would lose to the eventual champion. You guys all disagreed with that. Totally you disagree. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> but do you realize the Phillies lost to the second best team in baseball? That's not as good as losing to the best team. No, the Diamondbacks brought you pain. They came into your house, game
4: six and game seven, and they beat you guys. And you cannot now want nope.
3: to see that team prosper. That's not how Phillies fans view view it. That doesn't make any the sense. Phillies fans to me. lost that series. The Diamondbacks didn't come in there and beat them. The Phillies blew it. That's no, how we view it. No, the,
4: the Diamondbacks came in into your house, they took the NL Championship. You can't then now say, "Well, I want to see them succeed." Like that. That's like that's like if if you know if my if my my ex goes with somebody else, and I say, "Well, at least that guy, you know,
3: is a multi millionaire."
4: No, I want to see my ex
3: suffer. <laughs> no, Phillies fans are total narcissists. They don't even care about nobody. Walked out the same and said, "Man, those Diamondbacks are good." It was bleep word, bleep word, bleep word to this guy, to the manager, to Topper, to bleep uh, Castellanos, just bleep everybody. It, it didn't matter that the Diamondbacks were. The Phillies blew, and they did blow that series. They had two games at home. They should have. Anyway, don't get me. Great. Thanks, CJ. I was in a that's great mood wearing accomplish. my Rangers hat, <laughs> and now you have me reliving one of the worst sports moments of my month. That's a, But
4: that's the point. That's why you should dislike the Diamondbacks. You should grow a hatred for the team that knocked you out of the playoffs. To me, it's simple.
3: It, it's kind of hard to hate the Diamondbacks. You have to admit
2: I am weirdly with Perloff on this one. I'd rather lose to the eventual champ. Yeah. It's like, I never, we never had a shot because this was destiny for this other team. That it's, it well, makes it a, a tiny bit more palatable. Like we weren't getting in the way this so This was, this was written in the stars.
3: In your terms, you lost 13 seconds to the chiefs who were the best team in football. But when you lost music city miracle <laughs> to the Titans, that would, didn't go anywhere.
2: Why, why? I'm, I'm no, agreeing I mean, with you That's what morning. I'm saying. No,
3: I'm saying that makes sense <laughs> as a bills fan.
2: Thank you. Why does it always have to be about that? Okay. One young quarterback could be in trouble. Oh, man.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.